Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. Now, tonight my guest is my fellow Rebel, Vancouver-based journalist, Drea Humphrey, and she's talking about all the very important civil liberties work that she's doing out there on the ground. She's advocating for churches. She's advocating for small businesses. She's trying to have publication bans repealed, and she is currently right now launching a brand new campaign to advocate for the free speech of medical professionals who are being censored because they have opinions on COVID-19 that does that don't necessarily conform with the accepted narrative. Now, if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which I think is pretty great. But you also get access to Ezra's nightly, fully produced Ezra Levant show, David Menzies' fun Friday night show, Rebel Roundup. And just for good measure, we threw in Andrew Chapados' brand new show, Andrew Says, All for the same cost is what you were getting three shows for before. So great deal, right? It's only eight bucks a month to subscribe. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus subscription by using the coupon code podcast when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member. And now please enjoy this free audio only version of my show. Persecution of Christians, silencing of doctors, and publication bans that seem to have no end. My guest tonight is Vancouver-based rebel reporter Drea Humphrey. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. friends brief change of venue today frankly because I've been cooped up in my office watching a federal court hearing all week rebel news is currently suing Justin Trudeau over his airport incarceration policy the COVID jails you can see all of my coverage and help support our legal fight at nocovidjails.com now that as you well know is not the only fight that rebel news is currently engaged in for freedom. And one of the point people that we have in the fight for freedom, she's working on so many things right now, is Rebel News reporter Drea Humphrey. She has been doing her best to untangle this ball of yarn of publication bans in British Columbia regarding a child that has been medically transitioned against the wishes of the child's parents. Drea just wants to be able to report on it and report on it legally. And because she's in Canada, she can't. And other journalists who are out of the country, international journalists, they are not bound by that same publication ban. So Drea is doing her best to unravel all of that so that she can do her journalistic mission of bringing you the other side of the story. She's also been working so hard on the plight of the churches in British Columbia. BC is reopening and once again, churches were left out of the equation. In fact, in British Columbia for a time, you could film a movie about a church service, as in you could pretend to be in church, but you couldn't actually 
go to church in BC. It's crazy. Drea's got all the news. And she's got a brand new campaign that just launched. And she is helping to fight for the free speech of medical professionals who are being silenced by their professional organizations and by the places that they work because they have a viewpoint on COVID-19 that doesn't necessarily completely align with the Public Health Agency of Canada, which conveniently aligns perfectly with the China-compliant World Health Organization. So joining me right now in an interview we recorded yesterday afternoon when I wasn't completely sick of being inside in my studio is Rebel News reporter Drea Humphrey. Take a listen. Joining me now from her car somewhere in the streets of Vancouver is Rebel News reporter Drea Humphrey. Drea, I haven't had you on the show in a while, but I wanted to have you on because there's so many things happening in British Columbia. And the one thing I think on the top of my mind, and it's happening everywhere all across the country during this pandemic, is the persecution of the churches. Now, you guys are starting to reopen again. You had a little bit of a hard lockdown you're starting to reopen again, but as always, churches are being left out of the reopening plan. Yeah, you know, I saw a a tweet from a priest who said it just right. He was like, that is the final straw. Uh, You know, I've been such an advocate for following the rules and then, you know, they couldn't even give us a thought. And that's how our four-step plan was basically communicated. It outlined, you know, what businesses could do, what events could do. Um, And they literally gave no thought to places of worship, despite having a case that went all the way to the Supreme Court, uh, you know, to ask for the right to do so. And uh, it basically, you know, was very confusing. They had, they had clear patterns for, you know, indoor dining is allowed to be open and, uh, you know, mass becomes sort of optional. July 1st, like there was concrete things, but when it came to the church, it was like, you have to uh, fill out an application to public health. And then from there, we'll discuss it. And it was like, are you kidding me? Um, However, a couple of days after that, I think because of so much backlash and yet another example of, you know, clear persecution of people of faith, um, they did make uh, revisions. And now in BC, you can have indoor or outdoor worship services with 50 people, up to 50 people. But no, or you have to have mass and no singing. And, and so is that a hard cap of 50 people, no matter the size of the facility? Because I go to one of those Catholic mega churches, And mm. I mean, it's a 1000 people plus, And yet, Four funerals, we could only have 10 people. We were brought down to a hard cap of 15 people. So regardless of square footage, it's five zero people allowed in? Absolutely. It has no, and you know, some churches have, you know, different sanctuaries as well. Like they have, you know, space in one area and an overflow. So it's 50 and that's including, you know, your worship team, uh, your pastor, the person doing the online service, because of course they're still offering that as well. So it is a cap on 50 and 
and let's discuss the nonsense of capping anything outdoors. It's not scientific at all. Um, they can't pretend they don't know the studies that the studies that have gone out that show there is next to no risk of uh, this virus transmitting outdoors. So why on earth is there a cap at all outdoors? And if so, why is it the same amount for indoors? It's just nonsense. Well, and you know, there's no hard cap for protests, right? right. Like there, it's funny how the BC government is protecting this one charter right. Um, that you have this charter right to go and protest the bad decisions of the government with your friends and neighbors and like-minded people, but you can't exercise your right to assembly that flows down from your freedom of religion because assembly is one of those rights that flows from freedom of religion and free thought, right? You're you're allowed to have those things, but also gather together with like-minded people. So the BC government is just picking and choosing which rights it wants to protect. Well, and that was my big question about the, the case that went to Supreme Court, because that was a, a two part case. Three of the plaintiffs were churches in the Fraser Valley area that wanted the right to be open. And one was a protester who had received fines and he wanted the right to, um, you know, peacefully protest. And the judge uh, basically said, OK, yeah, uh, we recognize the right to peacefully protest said nothing about caps or anything like that, but then uh, ruled the same way as the public health office when it came to the churches. That he said, he basically washed his hands. It reminds me of Pilate because he, if you read his statement or he followed it, he didn't really uh, deny that there wasn't an, an infringement, but he kind of washed his hands of the situation. And what that says to me is he basically just ruled in the fashion that our public health office was already saying because Dr. Bonnie Henry had already said about a week or so earlier that she recognizes the right for people to peacefully protest but of course she did not recognize um, you know the same for the churches and Vancouver there are so many protests here like I don't know if it's the same everywhere else but there are protests for every single cause you can think of that happen at the exact same time every single weekend. So I don't know if that's part of it because it would, I mean, we saw the hypocrisy in Ontario and things like that, but I think they'd have a really tough time <laughs> picking and choosing here. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's my experience looking at BC from the outside that you do have a lot of like far left-wing protests there all the yeah. time. Um, yeah. protest all the good things that make the world go around there. And uh, I think the government would probably lose a lot of support if they started cracking down on the ability of people to worship at the Church of Gaia and Mother yeah. Earth as opposed to the Church of God. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What is interesting, though, is even though we're one of the, like, we have that case that set precedent and it did not work in the church's favor over here, We've got to give, um, you know, some credit to our police out here because, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the churches are still open. Yeah. And um, as far as I'm, as far as I know, only two have been fined since that case. And it's not like every Sunday they're being fined. The police are not going there every Sunday. You know, it's very spaced out and they seem to be using their discretion. So I was worried that after that case, we would see like an excuse to really hammer down on the church. Like what's happening in Alberta. And we're not seeing that here. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. I never thought that uh, the Calgary City Police would be some of the worst 
uh, lockdown proponents in the entire country, and yet they are. They've arrested more pastors down there than anybody else. Now, I wanted to move on to something else that you're working on and that you've been working on for a while, and that is untangling all these publication bans in British Columbia surrounding, um, really, I think the issue is, less about protecting the the child and the family involved in the case, but more about protecting the identity of the very sinister, in my opinion, doctors involved in all of this. You're working on untangling the publication ban surrounding a child that was medically transitioned against the wishes of her father. I'm probably going to get kicked off of multiple platforms for misgendering <laughs> there. But regardless, this or, is paywall. Or for breaching accidentally the publication bans. It's hard to talk about this report legally, right? Right. And that's the thing. You're trying to make it easier for everybody to not, not just talk about it, because it's almost impossible to talk about it, but to actually get some information about what it has really happened here. Because a lot of this, like... The horse is already out of the barn on this issue. We can't undo a lot of the things that have happened here. But at least if we could peel away these layers upon layers of publication bans, maybe, you know, you it, sunlight is the best disinfectant and maybe we can prevent what has transpired here from happening to another child and another family. Yeah, you know, it's it's outrageous. I mean, I've uh, covered two cases, really. There's the one about CD. It's made international attention, you know, he, his child got the cross-sex hormones and then he was sort of gagged by all of these bands and continued to breach them to speak out and got six months in prison um, or sentenced to six months, I should say, and a $30,000 fine. But also um, another situation where these publication bans came up with, with a mom who found out just a week before her child was scheduled to have a double mastectomy. I mean, full on body parts removed. And the only reason she found this out is because the child decided to tell her. So in both of these cases, as a journalist, as we try to bring the other side of the story, because you know, the mainstream media loves to just kind of avoid them all together. It seems like, at the, um, you know, they do a little piece and don't really follow it much. Um, is that, you know, we're subject to these same bans. And in this case, um, we have no issue with the purpose of, of a publication ban, which is, you know, in this case, to protect the child's identity and things like that. Um, but when it comes to these doctors who, on one hand, are, you know, writing books and, and um, you know, are responsible for the bulk of such situations, you know, putting the green light for kids to be able to do this with or without their parents' consent. Um, and you know, just the ability to kind of explain, you know, maybe why the father took the stand that he did, why he believes it was rapid on uh, gender, uh, rapid onset gender dysphoria. So the publication bans were such a mess. Uh, here I am trying to follow the rules <laughs> and doing my best, and I can't even access them. We had to actually hire a lawyer uh, who is great, and even he you know, had to get these bands and untangle them. And there was so many issued at different times and some are expired. You just don't know uh, what you have to abide by. So we have our day in court uh, tomorrow. I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, when, so this will go up Wednesday. So okay, I guess people will, you'll be in court when this goes up. I will be in court when this goes up and we're uh, going in pretty 
I, I don't want to overstate, but we had a, a really cool thing happen, which was even the attorney general said, basically like, yeah, this is a mess. It's been a mess the way that these bans have been passed, many of them in secret. And so uh, we're up against a challenge in the sense that because there were so many breaches on these bans, like we're going in with clean hands, but you know, because the father did a lot of breaching and there's some publications that weren't bound by the, the bans because of where they are, but there is some information that could identify the child and they kept it up. So it's quite a challenge to go at the bans themselves, but even if we can get anything, if we can uh, make anything easier for freedom of press and for people to be able to get the other side of the story and shed light on, um, you know, these areas where, you know, doctors are hiding or whatever, um, that will be pretty exciting. And the attorney general is acknowledging that, you know, some of this is a mess the way that it's been done. So, so Dre, where can people find the work that you've done so far on this? Because I mean, I watch all of your videos as they go up and I mean, it is an enormous amount of work. You're working hand in hand with, uh, our lawyer on the ground there, Kyle, but where can people find some of the work and reporting that you've already done on this? And more importantly, help us cover the legal costs to untangle all this stuff because as it sits right now we're really alone in all of this i mean all the other journalists are like no we're not curious at all about any of this stuff no <laughs> journalistic yeah. curiosity what's that we don't have anybody but you doing this so how do people support you yeah you know it, it's crazy that you think there'd be a lot of news outlets interested in um being able to report on this story, but please do go to lettusreport.com. Uh, like I said, this is such a tangled mess that we didn't even know what we were getting into. Um, so, and there's been constant negotiations back and forth uh, between our lawyer, Kyle Bienvenue, and as well as the other party's lawyer. So it's quite a costly thing that we're trying to do here for Freedom of Press. So if you go to lettusreport.com and donate whatever you can, um, to help cover some of these costs, especially going to court and everything, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, and if you want to search and find the stories, I think the best way would be to search um, maybe Rebel News publication ban Drea. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think if you do that, you should find all of them. So. Yeah, yeah, we don't hide any of our stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, the algorithms, now, you know, they don't love showing them that easy either. So, no, isn't that the truth? And you know, you just pointed out, and I, I think it shouldn't be glossed over. You've done your very best to abide by these publication bans, even though we disagree with them, mm -hmm. because we don't think that doctors should be allowed to do this to families um, in secret. But right. you've done your, you've done your very best to abide by them because. I think, and I think you think the same way, not only is the family a victim here, like the dad, but the child is the first biggest victim in all of this. And we don't want to re-victimize the child by divulging the child's name. We want to talk about the victimizers here. Um, and again, you're the only person doing it. And the international media aren't bound by these things. So no. you're on the ground in Vancouver. You know who the dad is. We don't show his face. You've got, you know, you can run out and cover this story on, you know, a half an hour's notice, but you're going to continue to get scooped by international outlets because you're doing your best to follow the law here in Canada. 
That is a very good point. And, you know, we've seen a lot of injustices across the board happening right now. So if these things are passing in secrecy and I accidentally breach one of them without knowing, what's to stop someone who, you know, just wants to throw the book at me from throwing the book at me? I don't know. Or even the stress of having to defend ourselves. But thankfully, we have such amazing supporters (laughs) who help us out to fight for things like this because it's so important. Now. One last thing to talk to you about before I bake you to death uh, in your car in the, in the Vancouver summer heat. But I'm I under wanted a tree. To, okay, perfect, <laughs> perfect. Um, I wanted to ask you about your latest campaign, and I think this is a huge one. And I think yeah. this is one that is really pernicious and really pervasive across social media. I think every government just about is guilty of it, with the exception is probably Florida and South Dakota and Texas, maybe, but. Every Canadian jurisdiction is absolutely guilty of this. And that is the silencing of medical professionals, doctors, nurses, uh, clinicians, people involved in testing, virologists, researchers, anybody with uh, an opinion that deviates from the accepted narrative is silenced, but not only silenced, they can face career damage, they can lose their licenses, and you're trying to do your best to help them. Absolutely. So we've started a petition at stopmedicalsilencing.com. I encourage everybody watching, you know, grab another device as you're watching this and just go. It takes a second to do it. But the report, the video is really good because you're going to actually hear from some of the brave, uh, you know, doctors or medical professionals um, who spoke out and were punished or vilified for doing so. And that sets a huge example for anybody else in the industry who who knows that something isn't quite right and would love to say it, but then has to worry about what's happened to these other doctors. And so we saw this early on. And like you said, we saw it not just in Canada, um, but we did see it with some of our doctors like Dr. Carr um, early on and um, nurse Crystal Pitar very early on. They, they had some things they wanted to follow their conscience, do what they think is best for their patients. And they spoke out about, hey, you know, get your informed consent and the the consequences we might start seeing from lockdowns. And in so many cases, they were absolutely right. And here we are over a year later, and it's pretty much almost still taboo to talk about the fact that lockdowns have harmed people and, and in my opinion, actually led to their deaths. I think that that is, that's a fact. And so uh, medical professionals that spoke out about that early on were uh, they got in trouble for it, persecuted of sorts. So that petition, uh, we're going to get as many signatures as we can, as fast as we can. And then I'm going to make sure it gets delivered to every licensing body of our doctors and our nurses, because they really can set the tone um, for making this, um, you know, a country where our medical medical professionals can follow their consciousness. And uh, we've seen statements in both Ontario and British Columbia with where those licensing bodies have come forward publicly to warn all of them and um, and just basically say that, you know, you might be put under investigation if you're basically speaking against public health. Um, in Ontario, we saw um, <laughs> Mr. Ford basically say, you know, it's political suicide if you say anything against public health, uh, but something that was pointed out by um, 
Jay Cameron from the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms in the, the report, in the video of this petition, is just that of many of these public health officers, in some case, they haven't been practicing like frontline doctors, right? Um, so it's not the same thing um, to just only have this one side, this one source. And uh, Dr. Hoff from BC, who's um, recently lost his ER privileges, he can't work at the ER in his small rural town after 20 years of working there because he's spoken out. Um, he said, you know, public health information takes a long time. It takes a long time for them to come to a consensus on something and then tell the public. And that's why it's so harmful to, to silence these doctors who are right there with the patients, hearing about things um, that they see are harmful for patients, and then they can't even speak about it. You know, I think this is all, it reminds me of climate change where the science is settled, but yeah. the idea of practicing science and examination requires constant testing, developing new theories, seeing if your current theory yeah. holds, up, holds up based on other testing. And I think if we did medicine in the olden days, the way that we are all of a sudden doing medicine based on politics now, we would still be sticking leeches on people and bloodletting them because we wouldn't have ever examined a different way to do things. Drea, I want to thank you for taking the time. I know you're in your car. It's probably really hot in Vancouver um, and you've got a busy, busy day. It's pretty and, nice. Uh, <laughs> no, don't rub it in. Drea, thanks Sorry. so much. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you so hard or so much for working so hard for everybody um, that you advocate for the churches, the small business owners, and now medical professionals. Um, you're really giving a voice to the people who are sort of being shut out of the equation during the pandemic. So thank you for that. Thank you. And thank you, Sheila, for your work as well. Okay. Thanks, Drea. Bye, everyone. You know, it's not just enough to say that you're going to tell the other side of the story. Sometimes telling the other side of the story means taking the government to court so that you can tell the other side of the story. And that is one of the most important things I think that we're doing here at Rebel News is unraveling that publication ban in British Columbia that is allowing doctors to perform medical treatments on minor children without the consent of their parents. It's, it's just an enormous thing with so many facets and good Andrea for trying to get to the bottom of it. And if you'd like to help Drea do that, please donate today at letusreport.com. That's all we wanna do. We just wanna report. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody, well, you probably won't be in the trails behind my house next week, but I promise I'll see you next week. And in the interim, remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.